0: Here's what it is. Rotational leadership is this ongoing, constantly changing relationship between leader and follower that changes day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute.
1: Welcome to the Jamodi podcast, where we interview coaches and leaders to find out not just what they do, but how they do what they do. Becoming the best version of ourselves is Jamodi, just a matter of doing it. Today, we are joined by nationally recognized leadership coach, Adam Bradley. Adam is the founder of Lead Em Up, a leadership program used by over 3,000 teams across the country. He was also a longtime co-host of the Hardwood Hustle podcast. After our talk today, if you want more information on Lead Em Up, make sure you check out leademup.com. Before we hear from Adam, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media at Jamodi Podcast.
0: Matt, yeah,
1: what's going on, buddy? What's up, man? How are you? Good. It's just been a few years, but you're, you're aging really well. Really well.
0: Is that is that the gray and all that you see I,
1: there? See, I've got it all on the side, but you your beard is pretty fierce with that. I like that.
0: And I've got this gray patch right here. Look at that.
1: See, some people dye their hair to get that.
0: Well, my players. Let me. Let me. I always forget. My players actually joke that I look like um, uh, Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic.
1: No doubt. I know exactly what they're talking about. You got that
0: gray little pouch. I, I don't watch watch it, but I've I Googled it. I think it's funny.
1: He's uh, well. He's Mister Fantastic, I think. But he's got the elasticity, and yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. Well, man. Hey, thank you so much for for doing this, getting, giving me your time and, and, and coming on today. This is awesome. What's your favorite culture building activity?
0: Man, Matt, that's a great question. You know, for us, this is what we do. We've got activities galore, right? We've got an entire library of activities that are all designed to influence culture one way or another. Right. And you you have to have many different exercises because there's many different facets that impacts culture. Right. Um, For me, when I think about my favorite one, one, my, a cop-out answer is the one that the team needs the most at the moment. That's, that's the cop-out answer, right? And, and, and one thing we always tell our coaches that usually lead them up is we give you some guidance and direction, but you should always be feeling and reading the room, reading, engaging the team, and, and adjusting according to what they need, right? If there's relationship issues early on, Yet our schedule says communication's up next. No, 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 no. We need to focus on relationships. So I think that the cop-out answer is whatever the team needs the most. But when I think about just general culture building, we've got two themes in them Up that I believe are essential for driving the culture you want. I mean, and it doesn't matter the level you play at. You could be NBA. You could be youth rec team. It doesn't matter. These two exercises and concepts are game changers. The first one is our green team you follow me on social, you see this reference of the green team. Without going through, getting into all the details at high level, this is essentially what it means, Matt. We believe all teams, all rosters are broken into three parts. We've got the greens, and that's where we start. See, green represents money. But in today's vernacular vocabulary of young people, money is a synonym for special. Mm. You'll hear things like, oh, my game is money. Money. Oh, Matt, your shoes are money. Oh, my (laughs) shot is so money. Money means special. So for us, green means money, but it ultimately represents special. And I believe all teams have in common a desire to build something special. Mm. Well, the only way we can do it, the way we communicate it, is that we need to be green and build green. That is this money area that we talk about. Now we spend time with the players and we actually build out with the players what it looks like it means to be green, to be money. But the reality is, not all of us show up money each and every day. You know, sometimes we show up less than our best. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes we even give our worst to our teammates who we care about the most. Those individuals in those moments are what we define as red. So we've got the greens, but we've also got the reds. If you think about in business, Matt, they say when your business is in the red, it essentially means you're what you know negative, now. yeah, negative, yeah, unhealthy, struggling, challenged. And if we're being honest, we've got players in our teams in our programs that if we look at it, they they create some challenges. They they cause some headaches. They they cause some friction, some uh, you know un, un you know unaccommodating situations. You know, whether it's them complaining or having bits of selfishness or draining some energy out of the group, we have reds on our team as well. Mm -hmm. But we also, and the majority of our team, lands in what we call the middle section is the gray area. So we've got the greens, the grays, and the reds. I'll tell you a little bit about gray. Gray, if it was on a temperature scale, would be lukewarm. It's not hot. It is not cold. Grays like the team but don't love the team. Greys care, but are not all in. Greys work hard, but are never the hardest workers. Greys do just enough. They show up, they do their job, but they frustrate us to some degree because there's another level inside of them that they haven't unleashed with us. They have moments where they're green, but they aren't consistent enough with it. Therefore, they fall into the gray. You know, Grays can win games. Grays can even upset a, an opponent on occasion. Grays can have a good game on occasion, but they can't reach their full potential. So when we teach this concept of the green team, we put it into action, Matt, that it is the player's responsibility at this point that we want to do everything we can to remove the red, sway the gray, and build the green because we used to be special and we always tell everybody everything you desire from this team will come to fruition when we live in the green Mm -hmm. everything you want to be more competitive it'll happen when we're in the green you want to win more it'll happen when we're in the green You want to enjoy the process more. It'll happen in the green. You want to have better relationships with your teammates and it'll happen in the green. Everything you want, no matter where your mindset on the team is, will come to fruition in the green, but we've got to build it. We teach seven principles on how to build the green team. I won't go into that today, but one thing that's really nice is we, we also sit with the players when we do this. And we go through this evaluation of the team to identify what percentage of our roster currently is green. What percentage is gray and what percentage is red? And we break it down and we have these percentages, let's say 20% green and 75% gray and 5% red. Okay. How,
1: how do you have them figure that out?
0: Yeah. So it breaks down on the seven dynamics that we talk about what it takes to build a green team that kind of helps the psychology and the okay. foundation of it. So for example, like one of the rules of the seven is If you are a floater, you are the lower of the two levels you float between. What I mean by that is if you are sometimes green, sometimes gray, I think we're all honest, right? You know, some days you've got these days where you show up special, your spirit's special, your energy's special, you're green. But then other days you just kind of show up, you just kind of go through the motions, you're just kind of right in the middle there, you're gray, okay? You're not hurting us, but you're also not helping, per se, driving us forward. Well, if you are a floater, you're the lower of the two levels you float between. So in that case, if you're bo- back and forth there, you are gray according to this scale. Okay. Now, we even have some people that are green to red floaters. Mm. Think about those players that you never know what you're going to get. Like there, there's a little bit of bipolar <laughs> feel involved, right?
1: <laughs> After practice, you go, man, he was great today. But it's that almost astonishment or, yeah, we didn't expect that.
0: Yeah, like you, you say with your fellow team, coaches, Where has that been this whole time, right? You know, (laughs) so there's this, so you're the flower of the two levels, you float between. So when we go through the dynamics, everyone has a very clear understanding of what it means to be green, what it means to be gray, what it means to be red. We'll get players sometimes say, coach, are you telling me in order to be green on this scale, I've got to be green like all the time, all those things. And then once again, we define it and build it out with the players of what exactly traits associated with it for this particular group. And I tell them, I say, no, you don't have to be all those traits all the time, but you also don't have to be special. And I know that sounds harsh, but if you desire to be special, then yes, you need to work to be that all the time, or at least in our perspective, 90% or greater. And I usually break it down and illustrate it like this. Let's say you showed up green three out of the five days we're together this week, Monday through Friday as a team, we're together. You show up green, really special as a teammate. Three out of five, I, I love asking the players to say, I know it's not a math uh, exercise, but what is the percentage of three out of five? And Matt, I'll ask you that question as well. Three out of five is what percent?
1: Yeah, it's 60, 66. 60, Ali, 60, yes. Okay, Ali, like, I, I panicked for just a second, which I, I, I would have uh, guessed players do too, anyway.
0: Yeah, I, I, I was like, all right, we're about to enter an awkward moment in the podcast <laughs> if Matt doesn't get this one right. But yes, your 60% is right. And and I remind the players, I'm like, what does 60% get you in school? Like, at least in the Maryland, you're like a D or a D minus. Like, it is not good. So if we think we can show up three out of the five days special and think that's effective or high level or special, you're wrong. But here's where I also remind them a piece of encouragement. If they are showing up three out of five days, let's say, green, they know how to be green.
1: Yeah. Yeah
0: because they do it some days. We've just got to work on how to be more consistent, how to repeat the good days, how to overcome the obstacles and the challenges that derail us, that cause us to have these red moments. So going back to where I was saying, we we have these percentages and the players know, man. They know who's gray, they know who's red because we frame it in a way that they get it, okay? Mm -hmm. And we break down the percentages and whatever they happen to be, we essentially say we don't care what these percentages are today because we're beginning this process. We're in the process of building. So I'm not concerned about where they are today, but I am concerned about where they're going. Mm. And every month we're going to come back and do a green check. Okay. We're going to check our numbers we're going to see the progress we're making. The one reason I love, part of the reason I love this exercise is it gives a quantitative measurement to growing the culture within the program yeah. that most people lack, and young people don't understand it. When we say we need to build a special team or we want to build a healthy culture, I don't think most players can visualize and contextualize what that actually means and even more how to measure the progress. Yeah. If you say, Matt, we need to become better on the offensive glass, rebounding, We got that. We know what that looks like. We know how to track the growth of that. We can see the progress. But when we say we need to build a healthy culture, we want to build a special team environment. It's like, okay, am I there yet? What does that look like? I don't know. With the green team, we quantify it. So we can come and say in the beginning, okay, we're 20% green, 65% um, gray, 5% red to start out. Okay. And I may have done the math wrong. 20, 65, that's 85. 15% Now
1: now we've both had the moment. So no problem.
0: (laughs) So, but let's say we come back a month from now and that 20% green is now 40% green. We still got some grays. We still have a little bit of reds. Let's say red moved from 15% down to five. Gray kind of hovered around the same, okay? Yep. We've got a great story to tell now. There's some reasons for optimism. We can celebrate our win as a culture because we can say, listen, I want y'all to realize what just happened. Over the last 30 days, we doubled our green we doubled the amount of people that are all in, giving their all day in and day out. And we've reduced by two thirds the number of reds. We started at 15%. We're only at five now. We are moving in the right direction. And guys, doesn't it feel better? Can't y'all feel it? Because we feel green. You know those teams, those special environments. These are the ones you look back on years later and say, that team in 2019, 2020 was so special, right? We know what it looks and feels like. So that is one exercise that we find extremely important. And we've got so much that we build off of it. We verify athletes green, like on social media, where you get verified with the blue check. We do yeah. it like this, where we green check them and we verify them. Love that. Uh, we do a lot of things. We talk about green standards because if you're not defining the things that define green clearly. It will create right. disconnect and miscommunication. So for example, if one of our traits that we come up with with the team is hardworking, right? It is one of those green traits that we want to aspire. Unless we define it, we're setting ourselves up for miscommunication and conflict. Mm-hmm. People say, what do you mean? Well, I mean, let's just take a basketball team. If we identify hardworking as one of the traits, um, the reality is you asked 15 different players. Yeah, it's on the it's team like, like shot that.
1: selection. Yeah, it's like shot selection. You got to define it. Yeah.
0: You have to, right? I mean, 15 different people are going to say, you know, Uh, This is what it means to work hard for me. Now, all of a sudden, you can't – it's so important for coaches listening. You cannot ask your players to hold each other accountable unless you've defined clearly the standards. Mm. Because if I'm going to hold you accountable as my teammate, Matt, for working hard and we haven't defined it, I'm I'm not going to be able to do so effectively because I'm going to say, Matt, you're not working hard enough, man. you got to put in that work, and you're going to look at me and be like, no, man, I am working hard. And I'm gonna say, no, you're not. You're gonna be like, yes, I am. And the reality is, neither of us will be wrong. We just aren't on the same page. Yep. And that's the leadership's part and fault on the the team, right, to not having defined us. We talk about that. We do that through a green standards approach. But um, that that's one exercise. Can yeah, I let, share my second? But yeah. There, let, there me you, let me ask you. Let
1: me ask you. Or one thing I just I guess appreciate really about that too is is I. My thought of with culture building activities, you know, is you're basically throwing everybody into it, expecting for them to do it the same way and, and, and get the same results. But in that game or drill or activity, you're really, you're meeting them where they're at at that point. And it's okay where they're at at that point, but you made a great statement about, it. it's not about where you're at today, but just where you're going tomorrow. I think that's really powerful with that, with that game right there.
0: Yeah. I'd agree. And I also think when, you, when we build out the green, what it looks like to be green, that profile, and we do it, the players are doing it. I'm, mm-hmm. We're just facilitating it. Mm-hmm. So then when we later want to go back and hold them accountable, we just simply hold them accountable to the things that they communicated to us that they find most money, most special, things they want to see, right? Yeah. They define and build out the red profile, which is them essentially telling us the things they can't stand to see with teammates, okay? So once again, I'm not, I'm not just saying don't do that for the sake of me not saying it. I'm saying it because you all told me last month, you all can't stand that behavior in this group. Yeah. You can't stand when we're selfish, whatever it happens to be. So I think there's twofold, right? It's them defining what the team looks like. And then it's also us just establishing we are building, right, We're not like let's keep it in perspective. And we do that in basketball. We often say we want to be playing our best ball when it matters most. That's right. Right. But I don't think we've done a great job communicating, recognizing the building process of the culture and just being okay with, hey, we're not there yet, but like we're going to get there.
1: Man, defining those standards. Like while while you were talking about that, as far as like even hard work, I'm kicking myself for all of the empty filler words that I use from day to day of, Hey, today we need to work hard and, and you're right on the money. Like Just like shot selection, there's 15 different ways that they're defining that. And so a uh, part of coaching the art of it is getting the fluff out and really defining what you're doing, what you're asking them to do. Thank you for that reminder. That was huge. Yeah, so
0: in, in the way we do that, we simply ask the players like, hey, when we talk about hard work here. I need some examples. I need you all to communicate to me how does hard work manifest itself within this group? What does it look like within this group? Not past groups, in this group. So tell me, like, what do you want it to look like? How do you want it to look? If you want to say we're a team that just works hard, explain that to me, describe Mm -hmm. it to me. And I'm going to take notes, okay? And I'm going to take all y'all's feedback and we're going to come up with a little bit of of an action line, a little bit of a quick description a, a 10 word or less ideal kind of mantra about working hard as it relates to this group. So we all can be on the same page. Okay.
1: What's the engagement like in that conversation? Cause I'm, I'm trying to think of what it would look like with my team. Maybe the first minute or two, it's pretty quiet. Like how are you leading them through that? Or do they just jump in? And there you, you, have you been surprised with how engaging they are from the beginning?
0: I think naturally you're going to find the more extroverted ones will engage first. Right. And And then it'll be really up to you as the facilitator to engage it correctly. So I'll do things where I'll lean on those maybe to start it if I feel like it's kind of off to a little bit of a slow start, the hands aren't popping up. I'll then go to one or two where I know I'm going to get something from them because of the personality. And then I will then take something they say and position it to another player. So if this person says, like, you know, it means, like, you know, it means, you know, putting in extra hours beyond just what the team says, you know, the the coach says of us, right. It means beyond just those 10 hours a week, the coach says, I'm like, okay, Hey Mike, and maybe Mike's a quieter guy. What do you think about that? Yeah, Do do you agree with that Mike? So Mike may not speak on his own, right. But he may endorse or build on or add some quick little perspective, you know, so I try to just pull it out of them in a natural way. And, yeah, I mean, you know, you're dealing with young people, so it, you know, it varies. Um, That's good. But, but yeah, you've just got to, you know, kind of practice the art of facilitating and figuring out how to kind of get it. And I I think one, I always love one little hack that I do is the one thing. I call it the one thing. Hey, everyone, when we get into these discussions, I need everyone to be prepared to share at least one thing. Okay. Like, I don't need you to, like, take over the session. I don't need you to lead the whole thing. But, like, I do need you to be thinking about one thing. And I think that's a manageable bite size. Yeah, most
1: players can do that. Yep. They can think yeah. of one thing.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean the green team, super dynamic, defining the standards, super dynamic.
1: So I, I knew this question was going to be difficult for you to choose only two because of all the trick, all the not tricks, but all the things you have in your, you know, in your backpack. But what would be your second favorite culture building activity?
0: Yeah, I mean, this, this one is a theme called that we use in Lead About called followership. Matt, that's this true. one. It's an absolute game changer. My, my team in Lead Em Up actually believes, even though Green Team is our core, they believe followership is, is better and more important. It's never talked about, but we talk about it a tremendous amount. We never talk about one's performance level as a follower. If you think about it right we always use followers as a negative stigma there's a stigma around don't be a follower be a yeah. leader all conversation is around leadership leadership developing leaders stepping up as a leader etc 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 we never talk about followership in fact i've been in this space for 8 years like uh, prior to us creating and i don't even know where the word came from per se like i never really heard it brought up okay um, are you super familiar? And is this a familiar word used?
1: Oh, oh no! And I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, not at all.
0: So, followership defined in our b- vocabulary as one's performance level as a follower. We believe, in order to build healthy cultures, in order for us to uh, have leadership that works, it only works when we perform as a high level as followers. Because you can pour into captains, you can pour into leaders, but I have seen over my experience, more often than not, the reason we lack great leadership in our teams isn't because we lack great leaders or individuals who want to be great leaders. We simply have difficult followers They burn out our leaders, Matt. They don't respond well. They push back. They get defensive. They think you are trying to power trip. And then now there's like an emotional, like you you think you know it all, trying to tell me what. There is challenges. So for us, you could be the best leader in the world. But if you don't have a healthy group of followers, you're going to be working what we call uphill the entire time. You're, it's an uphill battle the entire time. And also want you to think about it like this. There are a lot of players that are challenging for coaches to lead. Let alone a 17, 18, yeah. 19, 20 year old to lead. So we have to talk about your follower performance. And the reason it's so important is because of a concept called rotational leadership. Here's what it is. Rotational leadership is this ongoing constantly changing relationship between leader and follower that changes day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. I'll say it again. The ongoing constantly changing relationship between leader and follower that changes day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute essentially means this. I don't care what your title is on the team. I don't care if you're a senior. I don't care if you're the best scorer. I don't care if you're the captain. There are moments where you will be leading, but there will also be moments when you're following And that goes for everyone on the team, even the head coach, as you are, right? There are moments where you're, you know, giving instruction, i.e. leading, but the moment you ask for feedback, now you're following right? while they are leading, okay? You're in a room and you're like, hey, what does everyone think? You sit back, you're listening, bam, you're following. Even on this podcast right now, there are moments where I'm leading the discussion when it's my turn, kind of, but then I sit back and I, I listen to you and now it's your turn to lead. It's rotational leadership. And that's really how it plays out on our team. Everyone plays a role, which means everybody is both a leader and a follower, meaning we have to perform at a high level in both in order to make it all work. And if you're not, there's going to be struggles. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we talk a lot about like we break it on the green team scale, that they're all red performance levels, grays and, and green. Uh, we essentially say reds are what we call challenging to lead. They're challenging to lead, right? Grays are easy to lead. They kind of do what's told of to them. They comply. They fall in line. They they follow instructions. Most people think that's the best. That's good, right? Like, yeah, that, I mean, is there a higher level than that? That seems pretty good. You want people to be easy to lead. But there is a higher level than that. green and it's the level that we... Coach, Coach, will you repeat that real enjoyable quick? To it it to just
1: lead. caught out. What, what's the top level? Just cut out.
0: Yes. Yeah. So we believe the top level is what we call enjoyable to okay. lead. Enjoyable to lead. It's better than easy to lead. Because what happens when you become enjoyable to lead, you fill the leader with joy when they get to lead you. Ah, oh, Matt, we're talking next level stuff here. That, that for example, that as as you lead me as my coach, Matt, I am such a joy to lead. I do all these things that we talk about and lead them up. There's five traits of what it takes to be an enjoyable follower, right? And things that you have to do from an action perspective. But the goal should be that everyone who leads you gets filled with joy for the opportunity to lead you. Hmm. Think about that. That's next level stuff. And you know, Matt, You've walked away from teams, I guarantee it, that when you look back on certain players, you say this phrase, they were a joy to coach.
1: No doubt. Just thinking about them right there. Yeah.
0: Well, that is the goal that we need to live to because what happens is when we become a joy to lead, we actually enhance the leader Mm. because the leader will do more leading, okay? So we've got a couple exercises that build the theme. We've got an exercise called Thank the Passer, which feeds this concept. We've got an exercise called First Like, which feeds this concept. We've got an exercise called Detective, which feeds this concept. But it is so critical. And, and, and the reason my team likes followership so much, they think it hits everybody. Because mm. there's still moments where some players still don't view themselves as a leader. They still aren't quite sure how to, you know, pre- present themselves as a leader. They're still struggling, maybe they're younger, maybe they've got personalities that don't really fall in line with what we traditionally view as leadership. Maybe they're introverted and such. But when you talk about the followership, man, this hits everybody.
1: I'm thinking of the 99 percent of my time that I focus on all of them being leaders. Maybe, maybe randomly, the one percent. I, I will focus on it while, when he's leading you, what do, but that's just, it's the minority. It's not what I do most of the time. So that's a great point. I, I got to ask you to dig a little deeper. You mentioned three activities that you do to help teach or, uh, uh followership, followership,
0: yeah, followership, just like leadership. Yeah. Followership. yeah.
1: Can you go into just one of them? Maybe the how behind it?
0: Yeah. Um, Let's pick out uh, First Like. Okay. Let's just take First Like, okay? First Like, um, have you ever seen on social media, Matt? Um, It's really popular amongst young people. Young people know about this. Where, like, when a celebrity um, comment or posts something, that young people, they, like, race to be the first person to like it or comment. Have you ever seen that?
1: (laughs) I did not know that, but it makes sense
0: your team, your players know about this. Okay. Okay. It's more of a younger thing. Right. But it's a thing. Okay. You go on Justin Bieber's page, you go up, there will be all these people who think they're the first person to comment. It's almost like a game. It's like a race. Okay. Like oh, first comment first life. And they write that in the comments. It is as silly as it sounds. Okay. But There's a principle in it. There's a thought in it that if we can connect it to our team as it relates to followership can actually help us improve this theme of followership. You see, when we have individuals that demonstrate positive acts of leadership on our team or in the process of trying to push us in positive directions as a leader, it could be something as small as one player trying to get us hyped up, okay, or a, a player... Trying to get us to slow down and, and lock in and focus because we're being a little careless. Okay, like whatever. Whenever someone's trying to move you in a positive direction as a team, there is nothing more awkward from a leader's perspective, nothing more deflating than when they try and they step out and fade to do that, and it's met with crickets. Right. Or it's met with opposition, or there's no support with it there's no no other teammate like speaks up and they feel like they're the only one fighting for the team yeah okay it discourages them it deflates them right it gets them to the point where they're like after a couple of attempts, they're like screw it i'm not even gonna do that anymore like i'm the only one that can't like that type of thing okay we teach this concept called first like that when we see a teammate trying to demonstrate or put together a positive active leadership trying to move our team forward we as teammates need to race to be the first like i.e the first to support and endorse it Mm. okay so when you as my teammate are like hey let's go lock in let's go hey man we're flat today let's bring the energy i don't want to leave you hanging i we we could metaphorically say that's like posting something on social and nobody liking it. It's awkward. You're like, am I, am I living in my own world here? Like, where's the love? You yeah. know, like, I know we don't post it for the likes, but it feels better when it's, you get some likes versus no likes, right? Like, so we say that we're like, man, don't leave your guy hanging, right? Don't leave your girl hanging. Go over and be the first like, right? So they cheer. They, they try. You come in. Hey, y'all heard what Matt said. Let's go. Let's go, right? Be the first light. We want to celebrate who's the first light, right? So as a coach, I'm going to teach that, but then I'm going to celebrate the first lights, okay? Yeah. I see that. Even though you may have initiated, I may say, hey, Joe, hey, where'd you get Matt's back on that, great job, right? We're going to celebrate that. But there's another level to it that our players need to understand. You know, in social media, they talk about virality, mm. okay? When things go viral. And when things go viral, what they're essentially saying is that it has made its way to everybody. It is permeated through the entire internet space. Now, everybody's aware of it. Everybody's engaged on it. It has gone viral, okay? Our goal is that we want the positive acts of leadership in our team to go viral. Mm. So the reality is, yes, we're going to have fun and race to be the first like, But one like doesn't cause anything to go viral. It's when multiple likes and the likes begin to build is when you begin to see momentum. So for us, you're trying to hype the team up. I'm going to race to be the first like, but everybody else has to jump in because we want it to go viral. I.e. we want it to make its way through the entire team. you with me on this, right? Yeah. Okay. Now what happens and why this performs is such a great role as a follower Let's go back to you as the leader. You took that step of faith to lead the group in that moment. You saw the team hasn't been locked in, hasn't been focused, no energy, right? You stepped out. You tried to initiate it. All of a sudden, you speak up. There's a little bit of risk there. You don't know how it's going to be responded from your team. But then all of a sudden, your teammates have your back. One runs up and gets your back. Right, they are that first life, but then you begin to see it just make its way through the team and you sit back and you're like, wow, that was awesome. I spoke up and I could feel the team in the room change. Wow. That was awesome. Now, what you're doing is you're walking away from this moment of leadership with a feeling like I want to do more of it. Yeah. My team has my back. It's because they performed as a high-level follower in that moment. Now, when it's their turn to lead, hopefully we all do the same. And now we've empowered the entire room, every single one of us, to, to be that leader that, that has confidence that when you step out, your team's going to have your back. And the fun thing about first like is kids get it. Yeah, They'll even like, Ray, they'll be like, oh, first like, hey, Matt, I got your back, first like. And someone will be like, hey, good first like there. You know, You'll hear things like that. So that's an example of a theme yeah. that we teach and that we go through um, that builds on this notion of followership.
1: I love that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that because I know you you've got your your program where you guys come in and do amazing things. But just it, it makes it a lot clearer for me. Of okay, I get it. I get what I want to try to accomplish, but how? How do you accomplish something that special with the team that can, helped can you, a lot? Heath,
0: can you see that though? Oh yeah,
1: because you 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 see it sometimes just organically naturally happen but it's just every once in a while it's not common so you remember back to those times when man my my own player came and put his arm around me you know like those types of interactions and like you said before being a joy to coach a joy to lead way more uh impactful when they are treating each other that way
0: yeah and yeah I mean it it, it, and the one thing, one thing we've done, I think we've done a really good job with and lead them up, you know, because obviously we come out and we work with teams. We also provide the curriculum for coaches to use all these themes and teach it themselves and such. But it's really important. Every, everything we teach, we put through what we call an MPS filter. Is it memorable, portable, and sticky? Okay, mm-hmm. those are the three phrases, everything. You know, is this, kind, like, are we teaching in a way that's producing a memorable environment? That's the memorable, okay? like just the overall teaching environment of lead them up. Can we create a memorable environment and experience within lead them up where people say, Oh man, I really enjoyed, I really gained, I really grew, whatever. Portable. Are the themes and concepts we're teaching able to be portable used in different areas at different moments on the court, off the court, in the classroom, at home, et cetera. And are we using phrases that are sticky, yeah. right? Do they stick to the hearts and minds of our players for long extended periods of time? Things like first, like, Man, they're they're memorable. They're they're portable and they're sticky. And and although the concept like may not be the most revolutionary concept, you know, people may have heard things like, you know, the first follower, you know, is always the is the most important person. There's a really popular YouTube video about the dancing, uh, the first follower dancing at a concert. Um, Google it if you like. But but we present it in a way that young that sticks with young people they get it and it's they use it so you know i think that's part of the challenge too is just how are you presenting it
1: yeah yeah that's that my thought was too it's, that's part of the challenge for coaching is are the things all the gold that we we have in our mind the things that we're saying is it actually sticking in their heads or is it going in and out and we have to reteach because that's the goal is for them to be learning daily moving forward. I, I agree. Yeah, I love that.
0: And I, and I, I think from a leadership standpoint, obviously there's a lot of great leadership content out there. A lot of great individuals with great intentions, great experience, all of that. I'm just going to be honest. I just don't think a lot of them do a great job creating sticky teaching principles. I, I just don't think their content sticks. Yeah, you can fill
1: up. You can sit in front of them and fill up a notebook, but unless you're reading through that notebook, it's not staying.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's powerful. It's good. It's healthy. Yeah. It's not a negative. But you, know, you just got to really, really hone in on your audience and get them to understand um, and and get presented in a way that gets it. Like the first like when you teach this, Matt. If you ever build that theme right, and you start talking about the actual reality of first like on social media man, these kids have such a blast, right? Because they, they, they're like, oh, I know about a coach. And then you have fun with it. You're like, who's, yeah. done it? who's done it? And they'll be like, oh, Mike's done it. I know, Mike, Mike, you've done it. They start having fun. They're like, you've been doing that on Bieber's page or Ariana Grande's page. I saw you, you know, like, and then all of a sudden you build some fun in it. Right now there's a phrase, um, you know, that once they hear it and they think it, every single time they see social now, they see celebrity and they see people do it it'll resonate back to this moment of leadership. Yeah. This theme, so.
1: The Jamoti Podcast is powered by The Laser, the most advanced basketball training system ever created. It's designed to help players develop their change of speed, pace, and direction. This state-of-the-art and award-winning technology tracks every move of your body and every bounce of the ball while it gives you video-based instructor-led guidance through over 275 signature NBA drills, workouts, and brain exercises, scientifically proven to train the reaction time and decision-making for real in-game situations. For more information, check out handlefitness.com. You, you help so many people out with so many programs, so many players out with their culture, but it has to start with you. How, how do you live out your culture on a daily basis?
0: Well, um, You know, that's a great question. You know, like everybody, we say those that are green don't wake up in the green. You know, they've got to work to be in the green. They've got to, you know, do certain things. And, you know, for me, um, you know, my faith is really important. So I, um, you know, everything that I do just comes from my relationship with the Lord and and just being fueled by by him and and scripture and such. Uh, I'm a major, major, major obsessive listener of worship music, right? Who's your
1: favorite? Who's your favorite?
0: I mean, right now, I'm all over this album, Maverick City Music and Elevation Worship. They did a okay. collaboration. It's called The Old Church Basement. Um, that album's so, so good. But, I mean, I think I'm probably a... Man, I like Will Reagan in United Pursuit. I like um, Corey Asbury. I mean, there's a bunch. Okay. There's a bunch. And um, so that's in my ear at all times. Mm. I mean, it really is. Like, I, you know... So for me, that plays a huge role in just kind of getting my mind in a healthy place, getting my temperament in a healthy place. And so I think that that's played a big role in me um, is the faith perspective. Lead them not a faith based program, but it's pretty clear. Anyone who yeah. is connected, you know, infused, it's infused, who, it's infused yeah, throughout. Yeah, it absolutely is. And it uh, plays a big role.
1: Yeah. You mentioned, that's funny. You mentioned the, the, the music piece. Uh, I go to Gateway Church here in, in DFW and Pastor Morris talks about quite a bit, you know, you can really tell kind of where your heart's at, where your mind's at is when you wake up, you wake up with a worship song or a worship tune already in your head. Not even before you turn anything on. And, and it's amazing. It's like, if you take that, that self-assessment of where your soul's at. And, uh, you know, when I wake up, I'm not I'm not hearing anything. I'm not feeling anything. Well, I need to be in the word more. I got, what am I filling my mind with? So I, I love the fact that that's kind of for driving your culture daily. That's where you got, that's where you went.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up because it's true, right? You know, these words and these songs, and I, I talk about this a lot. So that's why I said, it's funny you brought it up. I love the fact that words and songs get stuck in my head all throughout the day. I'm literally singing or humming worship, right? Moments of gratitude, all the different elements of that worship music helps produce the fruits of the spirit and such in you. And, you know, like today, all day, you know, a million little miracles, right? Like the song million little miracles is stuck in my head. And, uh, but it's just reminding that like everything we do is a miracle, right? The fact that I'm up today is a miracle. The fact that, Got two little girls and just how they started as a little, you know, you know, in in, the, in my wife's womb, and now they're growing up. I mean, that's a miracle. We 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 ignore it. My dad tells me all the time. We take we are so just desensitized to God's miracles. We don't even recognize that they're miracles anymore. Like yeah, the birth a of point. a person is a miracle, right? Like it's a miracle. But yeah, we just kind of look over it, you know, as if no big deal. But I say that it's also why the opposite is also true and why we need to be so conscious of what our young people are consuming as well. Because although we can sit here and say like, you know, we are thankful that we've got these, these hymns and these words that are, you know, re- being repeated in our heads that are helping us through the day. If we're being honest, most young people, the things that are being recycled in their head are not healthy. Okay? Right. They're destructive. Yeah. Very destructive. And I, I, when people, I get in conversation about hip hop and culture, you know, and all these different things, and people are like, "No, it's not that big of a deal," blah blah blah, you know. And I'm like, like I disagree. I just totally disagree. It is, it is absolutely more than ever now with headphones and Bluetooth, where you can just have this music on at all times. You know, it is a constant stream in our kids' minds that as leaders we're working against at all times. Yeah. We want our young people to be a certain thing, be a certain person. They're being fed at all times, things that are fighting against it. That's why one of my good friends, you know who he is, Steve Shenbaum from Game On Nation. He says every day his kids leave the house, when they come back, he's got to bring them back to God. Right? Which is such a powerful, powerful illustration. He said when they go, like, you've got to daily bring them back to God. Or, and even if you're not a faith-based perspective, you got to bring them back to the good values. And yeah, what's important? What's, what's actually important? important. Yeah. Every day. Every day. That's what rule six and green team, right? You've got to fight every single day for the team you desire to build, okay? Because there's a natural pull bringing us down, okay? And if we wake up each day in the – let's say we wake up right in the middle of gray. okay? We're just neutral every day when we wake up. Well, we've got to fight every day when every day to be green because there's a natural pull bringing us down. And and it is easier to be red than it is to be green. Think about it. No doubt. It's easier to give up than overcome. It is easier to be lazy than work hard. It is easier to think about yourself than to think about others. All those traits are easier. So if you just wake up and you just allow, if you're not intentional to be green, you're not intentional to consume things to help you be special, you will naturally slide down the scale and will be trying to swim upstream to get back to a healthy place. You've got to be so intentional, man. So, so intentional. Sorry, I'm preaching there, man. I, I, That's I,
1: snap worthy. I'm snapping here on the, uh, we, we snap at faith uh, for celebration. It's all, it's it's the uh, idea of saying amen or, or shouting amen. But, you know, it's amazing how, uh, and our players, our kids, and, and even myself. Like I, I, I transported back in time a second ago where in, in college, I'll be transparent in college. I I, I hadn't cussed uh, before I turned 21 and not like a badge of honor or anything, but I had grown up in in a Christian home and, and it was just not something we ever did. But I did with my parents did a great job of of keeping some of those things outside of like what we listened to, what we watched. And and but then in college, I got into Eminem. I just, I I love some of the stuff and I, so I'm listening to this, I'm listening to this and I can remember the day in the locker room, I'm singing the song and where I used to bleep things out, it came out and it shocked me. I came back and I, but it was that moment of this is changing me. Like this is affecting me more than I realized because that lie of just, it just, I love the beat. It's not, it's not, I don't look at the lyric. I don't really think about the lyrics. That's, that's crap. Yeah. That's
0: crap, man. Well, people our age, I don't know how old you are, but I think we're around the same age here. But, um, you know, whenever I bring this up to people our age, they talk about all the music they listened to when they were younger. And you'll hear things like, man, it's fine, Adam, it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. Like, man, we listened to all that stuff when we were young and we turned out fine. That is like a common, <laughs> common phrase. And I always just remind them, I go... Man, I'm gonna be honest with you. I appreciate you giving us that much credit, but when I look around the world, I don't think we've turned out fine.
1: No, my 20s were not fine. Those are the and, dark days, no and, doubt. And I, <laughs>
0: and I, so I say that, that's the second part I say, absolutely, I say, one, I don't think we're that fine when I look at society as a whole, okay? That's the first thing. Secondly, when we were in it, look at the fruits from it, right? Man, those were just like you. Those were like, I was the most destructive. I was the most rebellious. I was the most whatever, intoxicated. I mean, you name it, it was not healthy.
1: And, and an amazing thing too with the power, and just, I don't know why I keep going back to music, but the power of, of that is when I hear a song, uh, Three Days Grace, a rock band that I just, I was into during those times, I'm transported back to those feelings, to those that situation and I it's it's a it's a it's in my heart it's in my head so yeah it it is way more powerful and I didn't I didn't plan to go into this I I did I did think uh, I was hoping because I know you and I've been a big fan of you know when you were on the hardwood hustle and things and I always felt that not tension I mean you went there freely but you would go into that the, the bigger why behind everything that you're doing and so I'm, I'm glad that our talk just kind of went that direction because I was hoping for it.
0: Cool. Yeah. Now, nah, wherever podcasts go, that's the duty of the platform, right?
1: That's right. Coaches. The Jamodi podcast is powered by Biology. What's your BSA score? The Bology skill assessment is the only verified skills metric endorsed by the NIA and NJCAA to discover and develop the best talent for your team. This 10-minute, 100-shot test can be taken for free today on the Bology mobile app. Elevate your game. I have to ask this because I think you're really intentional with what you do and what you say. What are some of your uh, your your What's your morning routine or some of your favorite daily habits?
0: Yeah, great question. Um, you know, for me, uh, there's going to be regular working out. I'd say about three or four times. We live in a really kind of cool little lake community, so we're always. We've got a lot of trails for me, getting out in those trails to run. Um, it's really hilly, so I can't go far, right? <laughs> but, you know, um, it's so important for me. I've I just got to get out and, and work out or, or run every three to four, you know, three to four times a week. Certainly try to do that. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't – I'm not one of those with this, like, regimented morning routine. You know, I, I think every day is a little different. It's so funny. I remember we did this really cool – um, quad group in PGC a year or two ago were you part of that
1: I've been a part of some of the quads yep yeah some yep. of the
0: quads and I remember one of the weeks in the or one of the months or maybe a week or a month we had to study our morning routine and like what produced the best morning for yep. you okay and try to get to that sweet spot for every morning and uh I remember I was with Cassidy and I was with, um, Brittany Hardy and I was with Melanie. We had a great group in our quad there and we did it for a couple weeks and we had to and we came back to talk about it. And what I learned was that what I went in thinking was that my, I thought my favorite morning routine, cause they said like, what would be a dream? What is your best morning? What are the mornings where you find yourself to be at your best? What, what yeah. did you do those mornings? And I would refer back and say, you know, it was the mornings where I did, you know, eat a great breakfast. I went for a run first thing. And and that's what came to my mind. So I thought that's what I was like, I'm going to try to do that. But then I realized that's not what I want to do every morning. Hmm. That I actually found that for me, and maybe this will be validation for others, my best morning varies. It looks different every single day. And... For me, I think it's a matter of accomplishing what's most important in that moment. So there are moments where maybe I ate very unhealthy the day before. The thing I want to do that morning is run because I feel guilty. I don't yeah. feel comfortable. Like, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, no, doubt. Fit- no doubt. You're in a fitness family. You know those moments where you're like, I gotta work out, I've been eating bad. In those moments, the first thing I want to do, I need to work out because it's gonna hang on me all day. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then there's some mornings where the best thing I can do that morning is let my wife sleep, okay? That's going to fuel me to be able to give her the ability to sleep in a little bit where maybe I cook breakfast, I do that, I get up with the girls. That's going to boost me. Mm -hmm. I think some mornings it's, you know, jumping right into my work. I I think whatever the case is, I think from a daily habit perspective, you've got to – I think it's always a calibration. You're always kind of recalibrating, adjusting. I think you just constantly have to find things that boost you, especially in the morning. What's going to boost me the most this morning? What's hanging on me this morning? Okay. And, and then adjusting. So I think about that a lot. What's going to boost me? What's, what's hanging on me? Mm. Like, oh, you know, it's hanging on me that I, you know, that Samantha's been up the last couple of days because I've been out of town or whatever. Like, I, I need to, I want to address that first thing in the morning. Okay. So that, that's my approach. not a great answer, but this is my personal approach.
1: Well, actually, I think it's a freeing answer because I, I one is I, I do love to study morning routines for from successful people but you know what happens uh, most of the time is i feel like i feel more like man i'm coming up short like i'm not doing i don't believe,
0: doing... what I don't yeah. believe what
1: <laughs> well okay the one person that i think you and i would both uh believe is mano watsa so when he puts out those videos of his two hour morning routine His little shaking, the the trampoline—it's all and the shakes he makes and the walk. Like one, I believe that he he does that, and I believe. But he also he also lets us know too, like, hey, it doesn't have to be what you do, you know. Find like kind of what you said, but I I do. I, I you're right on the money with instead of the guilt of that you're failing because you may not be starting the way that you think you should be, you know. Have a little grace. Give yourself some grace. And and figure out what needs to be done in the morning to to help you be at your best. And, yeah. and it can change from day to day. I think that's huge.
0: Yeah, I'd love just the thought. Like, hey, what's 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 gonna boost me the most this morning? Right? That meant maybe it's sleeping another hour. Okay. Maybe yes. that's gonna boost you the most. Maybe it is work getting a workout and getting the blood songs. So you've been kind of stale the last. Maybe it is cleaning the kitchen before your wife gets up. That's gonna boost the day, you know? Like, what's gonna boost you this day? That's where the thought should be, you
1: know. The Jamoti podcast is powered by Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer for high quality, innovative scoring tables and LED video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans, create huge fundraising opportunities and make their jobs easier. Visit SidelineInteractive.com to check out their amazing products. What's the best thing that you've borrowed lately? Stolen
0: <laughs> yeah that's a really, 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 really good question uh what have I man, I'm always taking bits and pieces from James Clear you know I'm mm-hmm. always taking bits and pieces from mono, I'm always taking bits and pieces um, from different speakers, pastors that I'm listening to. I would probably say the um, the thing that I've stolen or you know kind of taken. I've really been kind of spreading the message of this title series called "Guardrails." You heard that one? No. Yeah, it's it's a faith-based message that uh, it's been around for a while. Uh, I was recently introduced to it, and it was kind of presented by Andy Stanley down in Atlanta. I love the whole concept of it. Essentially, guardrails are really about just putting um, boundaries in our lives. Hmm. Think about what a guardrail is. There, guardrails are designed to guide and protect you from danger. Okay. And guardrails are always placed in the place of safety, not in the place of danger, right? Think about on the side of the road. It's, it's placed before the danger. Okay. of falling off the cliff. They're kind yeah. of always in a safer zone because if they were any further, you'd be in danger when you hit them. And it's really this premise about like putting boundaries in your life Putting guardrails to protect you from bad decisions, from protect you from bad influences, putting guardrails into the content that you listen to to really guide and protect you and keep you from damage. Okay. Um, it, it's a really powerful principle that I've really kind of been just wrestling with in my mind about just where in my life do I need guardrails? You know, like do I need it on what I watch? Do I need it on what I listen to? Do I need it on what I follow on social media? Mm-hmm just kind of guide and protect me to be my best keep me from danger and uh, there's so many metaphors off it sure you know, nobody ever expects to hit the guardrail but you're always happy that it's there okay mm-hmm. so people think why oh, I you need a guardrail like well because i don't I, I don't even want to risk it right i like yeah. you know and and people you know andy sanley talks about drinking right about you know you've got to put guardrails up to kind of guide and protect you from making bad decisions with alcohol, for example, drinking too much, you know, and people are, they may laugh at you when you put up guardrails, like, no, I only do this, only do that. But yet they will also be the first to clown you when they see you make bad decisions from your alcohol. Okay. They'll be like, Oh, he cheated on his wife. Oh, he drunk. You know, he went drinking and driving. Oh, he did this in the neighborhood. Oh, he, you know, they'll clown you all day. But, yeah, they'll also clown you when you put guardrails up, but it is better to be clowned in the safety than in the danger. Yeah. Okay, so he just talks a lot about that. Um, so, you know, that one has been really good for me. I like that one.
1: Speed round, about 30 seconds long. I'm going to throw out an easy question to you, and it's first thing that pops in your head. You ready? Favorite ice cream flavor?
0: Mint chocolate chip. Nice.
1: High, for high school, shot clock or no shot clock?
0: Shot clock, 35.
1: Texting or talking. Texting. Favorite holiday. Christmas. Invisibility or super strength.
0: Invisibility. I don't know why. <laughs> place.
1: Place you most want to travel.
0: Oh, son of a God. I I just want to go back to oh, actually um uh Italy, Amalfi Coast.
1: How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? None. Never. Never a big cup. Okay.
0: I'm a decaf. I stopped drinking caffeine maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, decaf.
1: I want to talk more about that. Uh, how, how many hours of sleep do you need?
0: Oh, a lot. Uh, like eight. Okay. Eight. Yeah, I'm a sleeper.
1: Favorite NBA player of all time?
0: Um, Chris Webber the Bullets.
1: Wow. Last one, Godfather or Star Wars?
0: Not a movie guy, so neither.
1: That's fair. Okay, I, I, two things I want to dive into. Ten years ago, you cut out caffeine. What was the thought there, and what have you seen from that? Because I might need to do that.
0: Well, I was dealing with some vertigo back then. Okay, mm-hmm. so I was dealing with some issues with some balance and different things like that, and it was really troublesome at the time. So I was trying everything and anything to like see like what it was causing it. We still don't really know what it was, but one of the things I tried, I felt like when I was drinking caffeine that I felt like my symptoms of dizziness was a little bit greater. Okay. So I just, that was one of the things in that moment to like, I'm going to try everything to stop, you know, just get my balance back. Right. And I mean, I'm not dizzy anymore. It's been years, right. I could probably get back to caffeine possibly, but I just never wanted to trigger. I never wanted to trigger the dizziness again. So I just have stayed away from it.
1: That makes sense. Chris Webber. Now I know, I know you're from that area, uh, Maryland area. So, uh, what, uh, Chris Webber with the bullets.
0: Yeah. You know, like the reason he came to mind is one, that's the Jersey. I'm so I'm on such a search for this white bullets, Chris Webber Jersey. Okay. I don't even know if it exists. Yeah. I'll even take the red. I love that Jersey, but he was like, when I was young, when we drafted him, we only had him for a short period of time, but when we drafted when we got him, he just had this swagger and, like, this, like, just feel. You know, I liked him at yeah. the tab Five. You know, then we got him, and I was like, man, he's great. We got Chris Weber, and he just – he had a cool vibe, and he brought yeah. like a cool vibe to the team when I was young, and I think I just – I liked it and watched him. And then I enjoyed watching him in Golden State. I really enjoyed watching him in the Kings. I think I had a Kings – Weber jersey, that purple nice. when they went to the purple. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was so sweet back in the day. And that team was so fun to watch. with Jay, Yeah, and
1: white, white chocolate and all. Yeah, wow. that was special. Yeah. I love those. Doug Christie. Like, yeah.
0: Man, that was fun to watch. So I, I, was a, I was a Weber fan.
1: Okay. Well, Coach, th- this has been awesome, and I've loved having you on. I, I want to uh, give you a chance just to talk a little bit about Lead'em Up and if coaches are interested. And, and I'll have some links and things that they can go to. But if they're interested more in your program, uh, where can they find you and, and tell us a little bit about it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you were listening today, and thought some of these concepts were valuable and, and intrigued you and sparked your interest. You know, we've got a full curriculum within Lead em Up that we provide to coaches. So we have about 2,500 teams around the country that are using the program, and you get access to the curriculum. You get to teach these concepts, exercises, themes, and activities. To your teams and you know we also have the ability to come out and assist and help and do a kickoff training camp and things of that nature but if you want to go to leademup.com, we've got all the information there um both in person and virtual and digital classes and stuff like that so uh, but we're just passionate about impacting young people and, and that's what we're all about so matt i appreciate the opportunity to um to jump on the show
1: yeah thank you so much man Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamodi podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.